Hi, I'm Alex Jump, and this is Focus on Health, a podcast dedicated to discussing topics surrounding the well-being of those that work in the food and beverage industry. During the second season of the podcast, I hope to host conversations that shed light on topics such as workplace culture, self-identity, work-life balance, interpersonal relationships, substance abuse, and any other challenges that we may face. It's through our shared experiences that I believe we can create long-lasting change in the lives of those that work in hospitality. Hi, everyone. I'm Alex Jump, and this is Focus on Health. And today I am joined by awesome friend, fellow Southerner, and super badass lady, Carly Gaskin. Hi. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Bright and early. We're both just sipping our coffee, yeah. having a chat. We're both, yeah. Like, got home from the bar, like... <laughs> God, Lord knows what time. I know when you said that you were closing the bar, I was like, okay, so noon. And when you said earlier and I was like, oh, wow, she's just like me. I know. Bright and early. I am up early. I think because I get up early, like most days, even if I close the bar, I think I got home at like 4.30. If I close the bar, I'm still up at like nine or 10. I'm like, no, get get one more hour. I'm the same. I mean, I'm the same. I wake up at 8.30 like every day. And so when I close the bar, I get up at like 9 or 9.30. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you know, when we do line up, we're always like, what did everybody do before? I'm like, I slept in until 9.30. And everyone's like, oh my God. You're insane. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a lot of shit that happens before noon. There is. And it's great. Like breakfast is my favorite time of day. Yeah. Same. I made eggs in the hole yesterday. Oh. <laughs> Um, anyway, I'll let you introduce yourself for, um, for everybody listening, uh, tell us, you know, what makes you so amazing? Uh, what's your sign? Just kidding. You don't have to say that. <laughs> uh, what makes me so amazing? Honestly, friends like you. Oh, I think, uh, <laughs> gosh. Uh, my name is Carly Gaskin. I'm the co-founder of Hospitality 201. Uh, we're cocktail catering events, consulting. We do pretty much everything in the beverage world. Uh, we throw parties for a living and that's pretty rad, I think. Yeah, it is rad. Hell yeah. Um, and yeah, so I feel like, oh my gosh, there's so much more to who you are than just hospitality to a right. <laughs> I want people to know about, um, you, uh, you started bartending in Nashville, you moved to Chicago. How many, how many years ago? Uh, yeah, I started bartending, uh, in Nashville, the ripe age of like 21, uh, as soon as I could you know, start drinking. I was like, bartending seems fun. This is amazing. So I've been bartending now for almost 10 years, which is insane to say. Uh, I moved to Chicago about five years ago now, which has been amazing. I love it up here so much uh, now that I've gotten used to the winters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's not so bad up here. Um, the people are amazing. The weather is, is wonderful. Uh, I won MIB back in 2018. So I've been able to hang out with you. We've been to London together, which was super fun. Um, yeah, I, I'm really, really passionate about sustainability and bartending, especially with events. It can be so wasteful. So that's one of my biggest passions, I guess, is, is reducing waste behind the bar in the restaurant, at home. And yeah, I love talking about it. Hell yeah. Really I'm fun. so excited to get to talk to you today. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's like the best way to start my Saturday. Few, I know a few people I'd love to chat with on oh. Saturday morning. You're definitely one of them. Oh, um, well, when I reached out to chat, you know, we kicked down a handful of ideas for conversation and, you know, I, there's so many things that we can talk about that I think are valuable for this podcast. 
um, and and just for people, you know, people to hear in general. And one thing that I've been wanting to focus a lot of my energy on in this season of the Focus on Health podcast is not just like the problems in our industry, but also like the solutions. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, the thing that I found like the most rewarding and the most enjoyable is just talking about shared experiences or just everyone's unique experiences in our industry, because I think there's so much value to having other people just either hear that they're not alone in their experiences or just hear what other people have gone through um, to, you know, to improve their, their work experience uh, in the future. So um, I think the first thing that I would love to start talking about is, um, is your business hospitality 201. And, you know, there's a lot that we can unpack here. And so we can, we can, I don't know, start with maybe, maybe we start back from the beginning and talk a little bit about like your experience becoming an entrepreneur and walking away from, you know, a steady paycheck, working behind a bar every day, um, having a business partner and, and that dynamic and relationship, which was probably like fairly new to you in that way. Um, and how all of that, how all of that has gone over the last uh, two years that Hospitality 201 has yeah, we'll be operating. We'll be celebrating our gosh, our third year anniversary third. next month, third year. which is insane. But I, I don't know if we can really count 2020. <laughs> sure. I mean, plenty. I mean, I you definitely can. There's so yeah. many, I mean, the experiences that have changed how we are business operators and working partners and everything in 2020 is I, yeah. I think very valuable and, and worth counting. So yeah, I mean, I guess where do you want to start with? with uh, massive yeah, topic start in the beginning so it was december 16th uh, 1990 i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little sooner than that um yeah honestly like when when i moved to chicago i was put in touch with a really wonderful human her name is gina fawcett um so i just kind of posted on facebook very cryptic message that i wanted to move to chicago I was looking for a job um, and I was put in touch with Gina through a mutual friend of ours, Alan Kennedy, also like fellow Southerner. Um, And he was like, you know, she just moved to Chicago not too long ago. I think her husband is opening up a restaurant there. And, you know, I started chatting with Gina. She put me in touch with Josh. uh, And then I was up here maybe like a month after that. As soon as I decided I wanted to move, it was a very quick process. Um, like I just kind of one day was like, you know, I think I'll move to Chicago. And then a month and a half later, I was up here and renting an apartment. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, <laughs> no time so, to even second guess yourself. You're yeah. Like, I was like, I'm, just, I'm very much like that. If I have an idea, I'm just going to do it. Um, yeah. but I started working at, um, bad hunter, which was, uh, a really cool program to work with because it was kind of a focus on like low ABV cocktails, which is something that I hadn't really worked with a lot at all. So, you know, fortified wines, vermouths, um, it was really fun. So I worked there for about, gosh, two years, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, once, uh, Laura Kelton left, I took over her position as head bartender. And so Josh and I worked really closely together and kind of formed this really nice, um, friendship through, I guess, working together and mm-hmm. realized that we worked really, really well together. So we worked there for about two years, um, you know, developed a program and it, it came time to where we were like, all right, we've, we feel good with what we've developed and the people that we've put in place. So what are we going to do next? Uh, and then over, I think we were just, you know, over a beer or two, uh, 
And we're like, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily want to open a bar. I think that's kind of obvious, the thing that we could do. So what is the, the niche that we're seeing that Chicago is missing? And there wasn't really a cocktail focused catering company. Mm-hmm. So we were like, all right, cool. Let's do that. And since that wasn't, that didn't exist here, there was really no like business model to go off of. So, you know, as first time business owners, we had never made we'd never written a business plan. We had never, you know, written an LLC agreement. So a lot of it was trial and error, a lot of research. Uh, and we, we wanted to play it pretty closely to the chest. So we didn't tell a lot of people about it. So we couldn't ask a lot of people about it, which I think was the most difficult piece, um, you know, because there's so many wonderful friends and humans that could have helped us out, but we were like, we don't want to tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were, was that, out- did y'all not want to tell anybody because of the like uniqueness of the business or was it because y'all like still had your jobs and you were afraid of like that dynamic? A little bit of both, to be honest. Um, We were still working at Bad Hunter when we were developing, you know, the idea. And then once Josh left, I was still working there for a couple months after that. So I definitely didn't want (laughs) to let people know. Yeah. 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 Especially Um, when you're like moving into your own, starting your own business with, you know, know, probably very little money backing it. You don't want (laughs) to. Chance your paycheck. Honestly, in hindsight, you know the the team at Bad Hunter and the the wonderful people who are part of that um, that portfolio, Heisler. They're such amazing mm-hmm. people, and they would have been like, yeah, whatever, whatever yeah. resources we have, you're welcome to. Yeah. But you know, the time being, yeah, like, <laughs> that, yeah. I mean, there's definitely like a very interesting, you know, dynamic of, uh, you know, past workplace trauma yeah. that we could unpack there. <laughs> For sure. sure. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we were developing this business model and we were, you know, looking how much it would cost to start up. Obviously as, as two individuals, we're not, you know, who have been bartending for 10 years, we're not rolling in, you know, rolling in dough. So we had to find investors and uh, we were put in touch with this really wonderful, wonderful woman. And um, she's got a couple of businesses here and she, she really believed in us and <laughs> took a chance. And so she's our 10% owner um, and she's an absolutely wonderful person. So she, because she owns so many different companies, she really kind of helped us put together the business model, put together the LLC and was absolutely amazing. So we honestly couldn't have done it without her. And, you know, I think if one thing that a, a lot of, I'm, you know, I guess pretty excited about, not excited to talk about, but a lot of people, who ask my opinions on starting a business who say, I want to, you know, do this and I want to do that. Like, what's your, what's one thing that you are really adamant about? And that for me is the most important piece is finding a business partner. Yeah. And I think that's something that people just not overlook, but they're just like, oh yeah, this is my friend. We get along really well. And this is my best friend and, or this is my partner or something. Right. And for me, I really lucked out in my two business partners because I found somebody who's incredibly business savvy, who's kind of the, you know, smaller owner, but she also is, it's nice having a third there. If we need to make big, big decisions, she can kind of be the, the balancing yeah. person does, there. Does she have uh, food and beverage like business experience or is she kind of like a neutral kind of like can come to decision-making with no biases and almost just like taking <laughs> yeah. the facts and yeah, she's very neutral. She has uh, no experience in food and beverage. She loves to eat and drink, but yeah. she, you know, never worked at a bar, uh, never worked at a restaurant, never operated either of those. So she can take a take a step back and an unbiased approach to things, which is really really important, I think. 
um, because as bartenders, we're, you know, we're all very passionate about what we're doing, have big ideas. So she's the person who kind of says, all right, rein it in or do it. So yeah, yeah, she's, she's that's really awesome. Wonderful. And then, you know, with Josh and I, because we knew that we worked really well together. Um, and we also were, we're friends at the end of the day too. You know, we support each other. We, you know, if I'm having a bad day at work, I just kind of tell him like, Hey, I'm not feeling it today. I'm in a mood <laughs> and he right. kind of knows and, and vice versa. So that's really nice. Um, because essentially you're, you're going into, you're, you're filling out an LLC together. You're legally bound to this person essentially like in a marriage. Right. You know? <laughs> if you yeah. decide to split up, then you need to figure that out. If things don't go the right way, then you have to figure that out too. So, um, yeah. And, and when we were, we're starting the LLC, we're chatting with our other business partner. And she said something to me that was so important and is something that I love to share with other people when finding a business partner and starting another business. It's, she was like, list the three things that pertain to your business that you love to do. And then list the three things that you don't want to do, not necessarily mm -hmm. don't want to, but the things that you don't love doing. And whether it's like, even as small as like, I don't like taking out the trash. Right, right, <laughs> right. Know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. She was like, whether it's big or small, like write those things down, go, you know, go away from each other, write those things down and then compare your notes. Totally. And the great thing was that the things that I didn't love doing, he was like, I, I actually really like doing those and vice versa. And the things that I really enjoyed, he was like, you know, it's, you know, I think you'd be better suited or vice versa. So um, we were able to kind of build our LLC and business model around that and kind of yeah. divide our roles because as bartenders, we're so used to multitasking and doing everything, but owning a business, there's so many different pieces to it that you can't both do everything. So, you know, off the jump, identifying what those roles are and how you can set yeah. them is so important and incredibly helpful. I mean, I think that y'all were very fortunate in being, you know, like light years ahead of a lot of other people who start businesses because, you know, there are so many people who like look back in hindsight and wish that they had had that organization you know, in the beginning, because they, uh, you know, walked into business and we're all trying to do everything together mm -hmm. and, you know, burning out and not, not completing things that need to be completed, not, you know, because yeah. they're all trying to work on this one project together rather than divvying up what, who's best at what, um, yeah. that's definitely I mean, a less, oh, go ahead. Even now that we've gotten, I mean, now that events are back on, we've gotten so, so busy over the past six weeks. That's, you know, kind of out of nowhere, a couple months ago, we were like, well, it's going to be a while before events are back on. It's going to slowly trickle. And honestly, it was not the case at all, which is amazing. But because we got so busy so quickly, um, you know, we, we kind of knew and are so used to working together and dividing those roles that it wasn't we're not freaking out. We're not scrambling. We're just saying, all right, like here's yeah, we're back. <laughs> picture and I'm going to take this piece and you're going to take that piece and we're going to come together really well. Uh, honestly, I mean, this, this month, I think I've seen him three times because we've both been traveling for work and doing various other things. So it's nice because our business is still successful and we're, we have a really amazing team and we yeah. haven't seen each other. And I think that's really incredible. Yeah. It's like a testament to like, to being great partners. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to ask about your experience going from working behind the bar every day to working for yourself and, you know, 
I guess I just am curious, like, how was that experience for you? Like mentally and physically, like, and emotionally, like, was there for, you know, your whole holistically, how, yeah. how was that? Like going from, you know, having this place where you walked in every day and you clocked in and you made drinks and you clocked back out and you went home to almost, you know, the complete opposite. Misha. Misha. She's very <laughs> excited today. Uh, she's just sitting in the living room screaming at me. She's like, <laughs> um, you know, I will not say that it was easy. Yeah. It was, it is incredibly hard. Uh, is emotionally, physically very taxing, but at the same time, incredibly rewarding. Anytime yeah. I'm feeling like, ugh, burnt out or just down or I don't know, just stressed out, anxious. I just think, okay, well, I'm really lucky where I'm really, really fortunate to be 30 years old and be three years into a business that's doing well. And, you know, it gives me the room to mentor people. It gives me the room to create my own schedule uh, and build mm -hmm. something for myself and for my partner my business yeah. and my life partner, you know, I'm not yeah. just building something for me. It's, it's for them as well. Um, in the first year that we were open, I was still bartending full-time because we weren't, oh, I mean, we took out right. a, we took out a small loan and we were like, well, we both still have to work. We both still have to pay our bills. So I was working Monday through Friday at the shop and, you know, building this business. And then I was working at a, uh, 5am nightclub. On oh my weekends. God. And so my, <laughs> it was intense, but, you know, I was lucky to find that one job where I could work, you know, one or two shifts a week and still support myself while not paying myself a salary. And that's one thing that I will say you should 100% do if you're starting a business is work in a little bit of money to pay yourself a salary, because I don't know how I did it. I think just being 27 and was mm -hmm. still like young and couldn't, you know, little could tenacious, live, could yeah. live that life. But, uh, <laughs> I think it'd be a little different now, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was really tough. And there was a lot of times where, you know, I, I didn't have days off for weeks in a row and I was just exhausted, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky to have a wonderful support system at home and, you know, it's still tough, especially now that we're super busy and, you know, trying to grow something and, I think that that's a lot of the, the pressure that we put on ourselves as business owners is that we, if, if it, if you don't do it, it doesn't get done. You know, there's really nobody to fall back on. And that's the, the piece that weighs on me the most, yeah. um, because I do want to do a really good job and continue to do a really good job. So there's nights where, you know, I close the bar I'm still working on Fridays because I love that bar so much. And, you know, I get to see my friends and it's great, but there's nights where I get home from the bar and or I get off work at three 30, four o'clock in the morning. And then I go to the shop because there's things that I need to do. Mm. And that's, <laughs> it's tough. I'm like, Whoa. I know, but it's so the physically time, exhausted you know, thinking about it. Yeah. Just taking, taking the good with the bad, you know, I'm trying to take care of myself more and, and be more present for me. Um, is something that I've, I've been trying to focus on this year, especially after the pandemic is, you know, sometimes I'm just going to, turn my phone off and <laughs> run myself a bath and just get away for a minute. Um, yeah. and you know, like I said, taking the good with the bad is as hard as I work. I mean, I've gotten to travel to, I've gotten to travel the world. I get to go to all the cocktail conferences. I get to, 
do all the things that I wouldn't have necessarily been able to do if I were still bartending. You know what I mean? Like I can make my schedule. If I want to go do something, I can make time and go do it. Totally. Yeah. That's the dream. That's the dream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that there, I've been thinking about this a lot because it's been happening. I mean, it's, we're like literally living it right now, but like there was no real, like for anybody that works in any kind of food service, hospitality, uh, or, you know, not just food service, hospitality, but any kind of hospitality. And in in addition, food service, um, there was no like slow trickle back from COVID like (laughs) not at all. (laughs) I mean, it's, I mean, it's been like a, it was like a slow burn for like eight months. And then it was just like, holy shit, you're doing higher sales than you were doing pre COVID Mm -hmm. out of like overnight. And it's, yeah, it's just there when you're like, yeah, in a car that's going that fast, there's like, it can be hard to find a way to like stop and slow down and like take a break and take a breath. And, um, yeah, I don't know if anybody, anyone was really like, fully prepared for that. Um, (laughs) I certainly wasn't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And like working on the bar side, it's like, it's very clear that like, you know, Mm -hmm. none of our, no one, no one was prepared for it. You know, our, our distributors weren't prepared for it. Importers (laughs) weren't prepared for it. People that make any item that you need weren't prepared for, you know, it's just like, everything is sold out, out of stock, like, because it's just so busy. Like nobody was, I, I've I've been freaking out over the past couple of months because I can't get slow gin or blue curacao. I'm like, these are problems. What are these problems? <laughs> and it I, is, I it is a really <laughs> it is a relief to know that it's not just my bar that can't get slow gin. I'm not like, oh, is that a you. nationwide thing? Like, no one has slow gin. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think we're also wild. the only the only two people under the age of seventy that <laughs> that still try <chose> slow gin. <laughs> well, I mean, people we use it at the bar. Mm-hmm. It's sold out. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just crazy. It's like, I don't know. I feel like it's for me, it's been kind of tough over the last like few months to kind of reflect on like the life lessons that were learned like March to June of 2021, Mm -hmm. 2020, where everyone was forced to take a break. Um, and so being able to like reflect on those things that were learned or developed or like, you know, realized, And then to be here now, like over a year later and like not be able to implement them because how insane it it is. Mm -hmm. Um, That's been like tough for me. Yeah. I think it's also been, it's been kind of nice as well because for us when COVID started, obviously having an events company, we're like, well, well, no, what are we going to do? Because we still have to pay our bills. We still have to pay our rent. We still have to pay our loan. And I mean, like without events, what are we going to do? And for us, you know, the word of the year is pivot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How are we, how are we going to sustain this business model? How are we still going to make some money? How are we going to keep ourselves creative through Mm -hmm. this time? Because as two incredibly creative people, we were like, we're not the, we're not the people to just sit around and not do anything. Sure. You know, like we, that, that's not, that's not great for my anxiety to just sit and have nothing to do. I, I kind of need that, that goal. Um, so I think that, you know, with the shutdown and everything, it, it allowed us to grow our business in a way that we wouldn't have looked into previously, which is great because it's been a really wonderful source of 
revenue and creativity for us. We started doing photography and videography. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been really nice. And is again, like something that we wouldn't have done. Explored. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So it's, it's been really, really fun. And, you know, it's, it's kept me creative. It's kept him creative and, uh, it, you know, it's yeah. <laughs> kept us open. We didn't sure. have to close. We were able to yeah. still pay our bills doing something like that, which is amazing. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, just kind of reworking our structure. And honestly, it's, it's, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Taking uh, it with a great assault, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I never want to pivot again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, so. I never want to pivot. I never want to do that. Um, I, w- I would love to talk a little bit about, to switch topics a little bit about competing. Um, Mm -hmm. it's a topic I've been like really wanting to talk about on this podcast and I haven't really had an opportunity to do so yet. And, you know, I think there, there are some competitions are amazing. They give you so many opportunities and it's not just like, if you win, um, but however, if you're a person like me who has extreme anxiety and was never competitive until I had something that I cared about to be competitive about. <laughs> um, they can also be like really, really draining. Mm-hmm. Um, and after the MIB competition, which wrapped up like February of 2020, I walked away from that competition, you know, really, really grateful that I had done it, but kind of was like, I think that that was my last one. Um, yeah. Reflecting on, you know, how, I treated myself, like how I treated my brain and, mm-hmm. you know, and how that experience was. And so I've been like wanting to talk about it and I'm like excited to talk about it with you because first of all, you also did it maybe and won it. And I feel like we're very much like compatible in a lot of ways when it comes to like our brains. So I guess like the first thing is like competitions are fucking awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. and so cool. And maybe we should start there. Yeah. I mean, you are exactly correct. I I don't know if I've ever been as stressed out (laughs) as I was, you know, competing during MIB finals. Um, but at the same time, the things that, and I think I can speak for a lot of people when I say that the things that I created during that competition in any competition, to be honest, whether it's, you know, large or small, I've done competitions that are, you know, three people and they're super local and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, MIB is a very big competition. So there's a lot more to it. Um, and the same with like world-class and which I haven't competed in, but um, I've, you know, been fortunate to, I did that, uh, did, you know, helped out with like judging for this past year. So I've been able to kind of take a, an in-depth look at a lot of the bigger competitions and, that's one thing that everybody will say is they're like, you know, I was really stressed out. I've never been, I didn't sleep, (laughs) I didn't eat. But at the same time, the things that you're pushed to create, I would have never, I mean, like one of the cocktails I did was like a cheddar cheese, fat wash Mm -hmm. gin, like super weird, you know, Tom Collins variation. I'm like, what? I would have never done that. And then I also created these, like, I called them the bonbons of Bombay. It was essentially like, um, this ball that you dropped into hot water and then added gin and then it dissolved and created this like really wonderful cocktail. Like what? I would have never just thought of that if I wasn't kind of pushed to create something really imaginative and different. 
Um, right. And, you know, another thing is people say, well, I've met a lot of friends. And I think that we all kind of say that throughout everything. But honestly, the, the people that I've met through doing competitions is their resources. Uh, you know, if I yeah. have a super weird question, I mean, you and I have known each other for a while, but I know that if I have a, like the other day when I called you about the, what's that peanut whiskey? Yeah. Joke thing? <laughs> like, that? Oh, Alex will know. And yeah. you know, if I have a really weird question about, uh, I was, I was reaching out to a friend that I did MIB with the other day. And I was like, Hey, what's your process of, uh, like making a milk punch? Cause right. I do mine a very different way. And so it's, it's nice because if you have a crazy idea, you have exactly who, you know, to reach out with, reach out to, uh, and these people are coming in from, you know, in larger competitions, they're coming in from all over the world, all over the country, all over North America. And so any city that you're in, you have at least one person that, you know, and that's really wonderful. Um, I would always, always, you know, suggest doing competitions um to anybody who asks whether it like again whether it's large or small my first competition i did i always think about this drink it sounds so disgusting now but i was like (laughs) i wasn't even bartending it i was like serving at this cocktail bar and i was like i'm gonna do this competition and it sounds really fun and it was essentially a last word but i just squeezed straight up sriracha in it it oh god it's chunky and gross and i'm like looking back on that now and i'm like wow that sounds so nasty and somebody served that to me i'd be like you're insane but i learned so much through that process it's so gross um but just you know again like pushing myself creatively and uh you know it's it's they're really wonderful they are they really are and it's nice to kind of take that step back and say well i worked really really hard uh, and I made something that I'm really proud of. And I think yeah. most people who do a competition can say exactly that. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that you mentioned when we were like texting about it was that competitions are a great way to grow your brand. And mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. Um, I really think that I, you know, I don't think I ever like walked into a competition with being able to say that specifically, but I think that like my brain, like, generally understood mm-hmm. like what it was what that was about you know uh so yeah that I, was I think even I I think mostly with like bigger competitions that's super important and that's one of the things that you gain and I think for me that was the biggest thing that I gained because actually the night that I won MIB I called my business partner and he was like frantically putting the shop together because we were supposed to have our health inspection that oh, we had to like to open and pick up our, our license. And I called him and I was like sobbing. I'm like, oh my God, I won. And he was like, well, I'm literally going to pick up our liquor license right now because we passed our health inspection. So like everything kind of came together all at once. And it was a super important and big time in my life because I'm in front of all these amazing people. I mean, the, you know, I'm like talking with different, um, I'm talking with punch. I'm talking to different like magazine articles and a spirits articles. Um, and they're like, what do you do? Where do you work? And at that point I was like, Oh, well <laughs> I work for myself and I'm, I'm creating this thing. So, uh, you know, the, the, the people that you're in front of and the people that you're talking to, you wouldn't necessarily have access to before that. And a lot of other competitions, like when are you going to have the chance to make a drink for Dave Wondrich and Jim Meehan who are sitting in front of you? Like, 
unless right. they just waltz into your bar and ask for a dealer's choice, you're not really going to have that option. So being in front of these amazing, you know, titans of our industry and these articles, and even if you don't win, you're still talking to these people, you're still presenting to these people, you're still doing these articles. And, you know, that's, that's huge because as bartenders, we're not necessarily identified by where we work. We're identified by the people that we meet and ourselves and our creative passions and everything like that and our, our drink making ability pretty small for that sorry I lost you for just a second but I heard I heard it basically he just said your drink making ability and then I lost you for a minute and then you were back but it was in the end of the yeah, season, so I'm saying you're 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 uh you know as bartenders we're so much more than our, our drink making we have a very yeah. specific style and what we're passionate about. Like for me, I like making really weird I like taking strange ingredients and putting them in a drink. And for some other people, they, you know, they make these like beautiful, um, you know, sexy looking and visually appealing. And it's really cool because we can see so many different styles of bartending and it isn't, it isn't about where you work. It's about you as a bartender, as a creative person, as a yeah. person. Yeah, I think like looking back on competitions, like reflecting on my experiences, I wish I could have, you know, realized more now the, the like, um, like the, what's the word I'm trying to think of? The like not tangential, but like, you know, just like all of the additional benefits. Like, I think I, mm -hmm. I knew them. I just didn't like, I wasn't able to like let that like be a reason to be less anxious <laughs> and stressed out. Like, and, you know, I, I always yeah. like, you know, it was like going into the finals of MIB. Everyone was like, just have a good time. Just enjoy the week. And I was like, <laughs> like, oh, like but I haven't off. eaten or like, slept. Yeah, like, I'm not going to. I know I'm not going to. And you know, they're like, you're going to look back and wish you had, you know, just like let go and had a good time. And, you know, while I don't think that it's, it's not that easy, but I, you know, it is like, yeah, I didn't win MIB, but, you know, chat with Allison from punch on a regular basis because yeah. one, she's a cool bitch. And two, because, you know, <laughs> I get to do things with punch because, you know, I, you know, how you present yourself at a competition, regardless of mm -hmm. if you win has a big effect on, you know, what you do moving forward. I think that's such a big piece. Honestly, exactly what you said is it's not just about the competition. I mean, how you present yourself throughout the entire competition is so incredibly important because again, like you're around these people and if you're super drunk or if you're sleeping in the bathroom or if you're an asshole, they're not going to want to work with you. If you're just a kind person and, you know, excited about what you're talking about, then that's going to lead to more than winning the competition, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, people like, always ask like oh well you know how did you end up being working at death and co and I'm like well I wasn't an asshole I, yeah I mean like I competed in speed rack like a month after I moved to Denver and mm -hmm. like by happenstance like lucky for me Alex Day was one of the owners of you know one is one of the owners of death and co and he was one of the judges of speed rack mm -hmm. and I'd never met him before and I already knew at that point in time that I wanted to be the head bartender of Death & Co. And so I was like, well, this is my interview. My <laughs> yeah. This is my, yeah, this is my job interview. And so I didn't drink anything mm -hmm. all day for a speed rack. I think I maybe had one small shot of like sweet vermouth, 
but I was, and I was like nauseous all fucking day. Cause I, cause that's a nerve wracking competition. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was like, Oh, you better believe I'm on my best behavior. Like, and you know, generally I feel like, you know, in most, most times when I'm in a room with people that are, you know, important in our industry in some way, I, I often kind of feel that way because, you know, I mean, like, if I'm being honest, like sometimes I feel that way, even when I'm driving down the street, like I have like an, if I have like an appointment at the bar later that day, I'm like, I don't honk at anybody. You know, I'm like, what if that's yeah. the person I have an appointment with? It's like so stupid, <laughs> but like, but yeah, like, you know, in a, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, you know, you really, that's so true. You never know who you are going to work with in the future. I mean, there's been a couple of times where I've been emailing back and forth and I'm like, why does this person's name sound so familiar? And it's like, oh, I met them six years ago at a right. Belvedere dinner in New York. <laughs> right. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and like, you it's really not to say you, you, it's not to say you have to like, you know, be a, you know, kiss ass to everybody no, you meet or like, no. you know, you know, put up with bad behavior from people or whatever, but for sure. Yeah. But you know, it's just recognizing that, you know, just being in a room has mm-hmm. just as many benefits as like being the winner in the room. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And you know, just gosh, it, I, I just keep harping on it. I'm like, you, you honestly really never know who you're going to be around. And we work in a really fun industry. So that's not saying that you cannot have fun. Like absolutely have some fun, enjoy a drink or two, just, you know, don't sleep in the bathroom. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah. And boy, I can't even believe I'm going to say this because I feel like he's going to be all gloaty about it. But Ryan Wainwright said, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Wainwright said, um, you know, during the MIB finals, you know, you had some kind of like pep talk with the group and he was like, listen, you know, I didn't win MIB. I did, you know, I didn't win at all, but, mm-hmm. uh, here I am the, you know, yep. national brand ambassador for Bombay Sapphire. And that, yep. that really resonated with me. It didn't completely like, you know, dull my anxiety, but there, I remember thinking in my head, you know, something along the lines of like, you know, so like losing isn't the worst thing that could happen you know like good things no, can not still competing come is the right. worst thing I think right you know as stressful again as stressful as competitions are the competition piece is such a small a small role in the importance that it can do for you and for your brand I mean yeah. I think we we both can, can agree on that but um yeah yeah I don't know if I want to it's like funny. It's like such a weird, like demented relationship because like, as we're talking about all the benefits, I'm like, man, maybe I could just do MIB again when they do it. Maybe if they do it in 2022. And then I'm like, no, (laughs) no, (laughs) stop it. I can tell you 100%. I am so done with competitions. I, I love them. I have gained a lot from them. They're amazing, but I just can't deal with that stress anymore unless yeah. the perfect one came around you know but I I don't foresee myself actively competing anymore but I do really you know I've, I've come to a, a time in my life where I am on the other side of it and I can help mentor and I can help yeah. other people succeed in competitions and that's you the know, best way things from it and it really is because I can still be a part of it without the stress and anxiety that that yeah. comes from competing but I heard, uh, yeah. I've heard, uh, 
through the rumor mill that there may be a like cocktail competition TV show getting <laughs> ready to get filmed. Uh, I've heard that as well. So I'm interested to see how that pans out. I, I was know, wondering like, how, I wonder I, how many of my friends are going to be on that. I know. <laughs> I, yeah, I said no. <laughs> uh, they, couldn't, they couldn't answer questions that I needed to have answered in order to say yes. Uh, but um, I've been wondering because like, isn't it like legally they can't, you can't show people drinking alcohol on TV or at least maybe it's on just public TV. But like, I know that like in a commercial for alcohol, they can't show a person drinking alcohol on TV. And so I'm kind of curious uh-huh. how that'll pan out, but I wonder if it's because if it's on a streaming service, that doesn't, that isn't the same and or maybe it's just maybe it's just specifically in a commercial because it's an advertisement they can't show people drinking it but anyway I don't know yeah I don't know that's that's a good question I think maybe like yeah maybe the difference is streaming versus network because if you're you know a 10 year old kid and you're scrolling through tv and you see somebody drinking a cocktail you're like oh that looks good like that's not great yeah but if it's a streaming service you can at least kind of pick and choose there's parental controls I don't know yeah or maybe, yeah, maybe it's just more specifically for advertisements. So maybe they can't use like brand names in the show. Or, anyway, I'm curious to see. I'll, I'll yeah, certainly be watching I guess it. we'll find out. <laughs> I'll definitely be watching it. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, this time has flown by. Um, here we are. Oh, no. <laughs> um, well, is there, I mean, I feel like we, we really hit everything mm-hmm. on our checklist to talk about but is there anything that we missed that you wanted to hit on at the end of this conversation I don't think so I think you know just getting super sappy with it now that I'm like caffeinated and awake (laughs) um you know I think at the end of the day the most important piece is the people that you surround yourself with whether that's starting a business doing competition um I'm one of the more fortunate people to have such an amazing support system at home. And when I'm feeling like stressed or anxious or down or something, he can kind of pull me back and say, Hey, have you eaten today? Like you're doing great work. Keep going. Um, you know, and, and really wonderful friends and supportive people in my life as well. And, you know, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't have competed or done as well as I did in MIB without the people I surrounded myself with. And I certainly 100% would not have a successful business without the people that I work with. And I don't know the people that I don't like to say work for me, but the people that I, you know, hire for events and my team is just, they're all so amazing. And, you know, with starting anything that is number one is finding the the people who are going to push you and support you and, you know, be along, be along the the ride with you. Yeah. It's It's friends like you, Alex. Oh, <laughs> have one cry before I go to work. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think that that was, you know, a perfect note to end the show with. I think so too. Well, yeah. I've got another Zoom call. I'm just going to start it with sobbing. <laughs> I feel like, oh. all right. Are you okay? <laughs> no. Um, all right. Well, thanks well, thanks for chatting with weekend. me. Oh, yeah. No, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for. It's good to see your face. To ensure that you don't miss an episode, please subscribe to the Focus on Health podcast on Spotify, Anchor, or anywhere else that you get podcasts. 
Make sure to tune in every other Monday for new episodes. And don't miss No Proof with Joshua Gandy every other Wednesday.